What's up, guys? Welcome back to another edition of Somewhat Damaged. My name is John B., and I am joined by the quarterback of this fine ship, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Greg Alprin on the podcast Yay. today. Today playing a district attorney. Yes. Um, and, of course, uh, joined as ever from our brother from another mother. He is a great comic, a wonderful friend. Give it up for the very funny Chase DeRusso. Hi. Oh my God. You know, we're paying somebody to put those fucking sounds in. <laughs> I just found them. They're fun to play with. I understand that, but you're I, like a child. You're like a child over there. Look at you. I like buttons. All right. Look how happy he is. I've never seen him this happy. Look at him. He's like, like Dr. Dre. Over. He's like a white Dr. Dre over there making some beats over there. Hey, pretty soon we're going to the Super Bowl, baby. A great fucking uh, Super Bowl, by the way, this year. I had a really good time because I ate some really good food. That's really what it comes down to. Yeah, I mean, for you, for sure. I definitely had tamales and I had wings from my local Chinese restaurant which are always delicious. Um, you know what? I'm going to, you know, I'm all going to tangent right now, but I do want to say this is a very exciting podcast for us. Um, we always have some great guests here, um, but today we have a guest that we are so excited for. Um, she is amazing. Chase, can you, can you give me the introduction, please? Because you are the king of intros. Do I remember? Well, I don't, I, you know, I you don't have to lay down whatever was on the Thursday, but you can, I mean, oh. let's get the credits going. Oh, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, what is there? What is there? What is there? To, what is there to say? I mean, I mean, I mean, I only like to celebrate the person that's in the room <laughs> at the time, and I want them to feel like a million bucks. You know what I mean? Um, you've seen her in things. You've seen her. She she played you know in many things, and now she's here. She's a model, <laughs> an actress, a producer, a writer. But first and foremost, she's a stand up comic, and she loves doing that. I'm pretty sure the most. Ladies, Ladies and, gentlemen, and gentlemen, give it up for Diane Neal. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, gentlemen. Well, that was really hard to like stay quiet while you guys were talking for that five minutes. <laughs> Sorry about that. I don't know who started that move. Like it's like a radio move. Like they don't, they don't, they talk before they it's introduce. True, before the, they yeah, introduce. we do. I like. I, I want to be the professional broadcaster. I know it's, so, it's such a thing. It's what they do. Listen, yeah. I'd spent some time. Uh, I was, I was, I was working at WSOU when I was in college. So I was, I, I, I was in radio. Wow. So there was like a little bit of me that wants to take. Is it. Is that why you have the good radio voice? Do I have a good radio voice? Yeah, 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 radio voice. Yeah. Like, I mean, say something like The Silent Storm. You know, like. Uh, 81. Punto cinco. Oh my God. Es la venta de toda la tienda este fin de semana. In Edelstein's Better Furniture. Yeah. Introduce a record. Bring on a record. Oh, yeah. Uh, guys, we're going to listen to the sweet, sweet jazz uh, vocalist, uh, Kiara Londu. This is only here on CD 101.9. <laughs> oh, that whisper. That's it. Good. That's the move. That is it. Wow. That was good. Wow. That was nice. I grew nice. up on radio. Was, I grew up on nice. radio. But ladies and gentlemen, on the podcast today, a uh, very funny comedian. Uh, you. you may not know her from comedy because no. she has played uh, an amazing district attorney, uh, Casey Novak, on Law & Order. Uh, Diane Neal is on the podcast. I'm so fucking excited I'm that so she's excited here. to be here with you guys. I'm so excited to be here with you gentlemen. I almost don't know if I can even talk because Law & Order and the entire series are probably my most favorite TV shows of really? all time. With like the mothership yeah. or like, are you a mothership Starting guy? from Homicide. Yeah. Oh, wow. The Bells yeah. are original oh, too. Bells are original for sure. Yeah, man. That rolled into the original Law and Order and then right. all, the, I mean, and then SVU of course and then even now the new one which yeah, is, how do you feel about you that You know, I, I was telling John before, I 
I only watched like the first bunch of episodes. Oh, of, of, of um, criminal, what, you know what I'm Organized talking. crime. Organized Thank crime. You. The Organized one with crime. Maloney. The one right. with Maloney. Yeah. Right. Sorry. And I, yeah, I'm like. <laughs> so was Homicide the first one? Like explain it to me like it's Star Trek. Like was that the next generation? No. So Homicide, go ahead. You, Wasn't that you, a Tom Fontana? Did I make that up? I thought, I, yeah, because Homicide wasn't really a Dick Wolf thing. No. It was just Belzer kind of, Belzer kind of made his way in. The same character. The same, the same character. Right. And the same character survived. So, right. So from what I remember back, I think it was a Tom Fontana. He's the same guy that did like Oz and a bunch of those other shows. And that's why you see the same dudes on everything. Right. right. So like B.D. Yeah. Huang was like our psychiatrist, sure. but he was also like the priest yep. on uh, right? Uh, yeah. Oz, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. So I think yeah. Homicide was the original in it, Baltimore, no, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah, I think Which so. still the murder capital of the <laughs> But then it, I mean, it, 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 I mean, it rolled right in. Like that was the transition yeah. into law and order. And it's so funny because I, you know, obviously law and order is on every day, on every station, every incarnation. It's unbelievable. It's pretty insane. And I leave I it would, on for the, my dogs. I, I mean, leave USA Network. It, I do too. See, like, oh, she's here. Yeah, no, she's they definitely think, here. They think I'm home, but they think I'm angry. You know? <laughs> Why is she yelling at us? I watched it so much yeah. that my wife hates Law and Order. No! Hates it. She will not watch it, and she has no reason to not watch it, except for I watched it right. all the, the time. time. It's the same way I feel about Billy Joel. Oh my... Wait, what? I'm Whoa. sorry. Whoa. I, no, I hate Billy Joel. I no, hate Billy no. Joel. Yeah, I'm not hate Billy Joel. people? What hate is Billy going Joel. on? When I see his, like, his jerseys in the rafters, yeah, this I'm like, is take him down. Doesn't, take him down. Doesn't belong there. Doesn't belong there. Guys, not really. Fuck that guy. You're ruining my version of you. What's that acapella song you made? That one feels good. Longest time. The best thing about Billy Joel is step is <laughs> you guys couldn't do that again. Do you if know you how tried. much money that just cost us? By the way, <laughs> oh no, good, good thing. I think it was less than fifteen cents. Yeah. <laughs> the the best thing about Billy lawyer. Joel is in Step Brothers when Bobby, oh. whatever Bobby Monahan does the does the. 80s Billy Joel only. That's yeah, the only. That's the, that's the only thing that I can get behind. I mean, oh, I gotta tell you, I feel the same way about Elton John too. Me too. No, I fucking can't stand Elton John. Yeah. I'll tell you. So I went to see Elton John. I used to have a music hold magazine. On, hold on. These guys. Wait, can I get some? Uh, tiny so I had a music magazine, please. and I used to go cover all of these shows. It's right, amazing. every single thing yeah. from like baby metal bands to Elton John. Everything. So I got to cover the Elton John show at Madison Square Garden in wow. like the early 2000s. And I couldn't find a photographer for the night. So I'm like, fuck it, I'll go take the pictures. Whatever. And I went to the show and you know, when, you, when you're shooting a show, you shoot the first three songs and then the, the photographers have to leave. So I shot the first 15 minutes of Elton John and then I left. <laughs> Just left. Just you're like, I was like, I don't need to see this and shit. probably had the best I, seat in the house yeah. and you're like, yeah, I don't want to be yeah, here. I'm up, I, and I just found the pictures yesterday cleaning out a dresser that I just threw into a dumpster and I threw them away. You're kidding. Chase. Yeah. I mean, like what you don't like, and you know, I, I mean, you're welcome to your opinion, but I mean, Elton John, bro. Yeah, dude. Yeah, I mean, like Diane, it. guys. I mean, almost famous. 
on the bus. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Have an excellent time. Thank you for coming. Get on the bus and Tiny Dancers playing. I know. Come on. This is brought up to me today, too, in like someone was telling me about their love of The Who. And I'm like, I also don't care. I mean, I care a little bit about The Who more than I do Elton John. Have you heard the song, That's What Friends Are For? Oh, God. Keep smiling. (laughs) Where Elton John bodies that whole fucking track. (laughs) (laughs) Sounding like the blackest black lady (laughs) that ever existed in the history of black lady. true. It's almost a parody. <laughs> it's almost. Almost a parody, but he does it so well offensive. that you got to get behind it. It's like this guy, he he understands soul on another level. It, <laughs> he's just got soul, he's got man. Fuck he it, he's got soul. soul stuck in that body. But I, it doesn't mean I don't I'm not I don't recognize that they're talented. Sure. sure I get sure. That they're talented. Yeah, 100%. I just don't enjoy anything about Me too. Okay, Diane. Me so too. what's on your I what's on your playlist on Spotify or Apple Music? Oh my what do gosh, you listen um, to? I well I I listen to a, a, a lot of Euro trash techno. Yes. No way. Yeah. Like, what are we talking? Like early nineties yeah, so Euro like, trash, like, like, like Daft Punk, and okay, like cool. That. Like, all right, well, I like that too. Right, yeah. That's cool. Yeah, okay, fold. I love all that. And then I, I love, I play guitar. So I love like things that I can play. So I love like the band Muse. I love U2. Okay, I love yeah. Pearl Jam. Nice. Like basically the whitest okay. music. Like, no, no, totally. <laughs> totally what I would hear from an, uh, yeah. what I would think from an Upper West Side woman would yeah. have. You know what I mean? Under play. I mean, it's no, not that I white. Know. It's pretty, you know, there's some good stuff in there. I mean, that night's a Sidonia. You know I mean, that night's a Sidonia. I mean, that, that playlist should come with a Patagonia backpack. That's all I'm saying. As long as it's not the Patagonia vest. Oh, no, no, no. That's the Midtown. That's the Midtown I'm beautiful. Yeah. That's the bros. I mean, I used to be one of those. You're a rapey bro? I wasn't a rapey bro. <laughs> I mean, all, all I would, bros I would be the bro too. that would be on Grinder on the DL and be like, yo, what's up, boys? <laughs> Want to do some coke off my cock? <laughs> oh my God, there's a Mormon here. No, it's okay. With your little Patagonia vest, like you're like, mm. those yeah, are the guys. What my pockets were for. That was for my yeah. eight ball over here. And I had some Xanax over here as I come down at the oh other night. You, Listen, you would have loved it. I finally figured out. Oh, sorry. If you ever want to take the uh, see that in like full effect, just take a train to Connecticut on any rush hour. That's it. That's it. Who's there? Oh, it's that what they just described. Patagonia oh. vests. And- yeah. Yeah, of course. It's, it's, uh- I, I mean, Diane, listen, uh, Thank you so much for being on the podcast. You, can't, you don't have to thank me at all. This is awesome. This is so cool for me. This is, uh, I mean, listen, like everyone else, we all grew up, you know, watching you, um, you know, whether it was, I remember I was sick at home or any time that I'd be like hung over the next day on a Sunday, you'd be there on USA. You were almost like uh, the new school Bob Barker that, you know, like <laughs> you would comfort us on our sick days. And even when there was nothing, I mean, when Netflix and chill started, I mean, that was like our go-to. Yeah, there's, there's, there's nothing like soothing against sexual crimes. Oh, oh my God. Well, that's every time I meet like the super fans, I'm like, what do you like more? The rape or the murder? I'm always like a little disturbed. So there were some moments though on that show that were like ripped from the headlines that got a little too real. Oh, there, I still have nightmares from some episodes. I wanted to ask you that. I mean, like even playing the role of, you know, as, as an ADA and, and, you know, prosecuting these crimes, it is fake, but you see it in, you know, it's ripped from the headlines. I mean, you say that you still have nightmares about the stuff. Sometimes like I have to like literally pause things like uh, like watching Law and Order or watching you know Criminal Minds because it just anything with kids or anything like incest like it creeps Seriously? me out it creeps me out how did you feel like on table where you being like oh fuck we're gonna talk about this today right. and then and then like I would ask okay what is this actually based on and here's the crazy thing like the real stories were so nuts that they had to tone them down Jesus. because <laughs> nobody would believe them oh it was horrifying like, but yeah 
Like, let, let's do this story, but let's take the Florida man out of there. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, well, she was raped by five guys in broad daylight on the train and nobody stopped her, like on a full train. Like, oh, oh we better God. make it at night <laughs> <laughs> with nobody there. We still got to get tourism in this. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I, it, was, it, was, it was unbelievable. So, yeah. But but here's the thing, then, is like, and, 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 and uh, I'm, I'm kind of a kind of explain to our audience that you were first a stand up comedian. Yes. You were running through in the 90s and the early 2000s here in New York City with the likes of Judy Gold, Amy Schumer. Yeah. You were hitting every Rachel, si- Feinstein. Rachel Feinstein. You're hitting up all these clubs. Where we do like four a night. You remember how you yeah. do like four or five a night? Right. Yeah. yeah you guys that- are like, yeah, we're still doing that dipshit. <laughs> <laughs> but you're doing this four or five times a night. Yeah. You're in New York. Diane Neal is a New York City comedian. And then all of a sudden you pivot into one of the most serious roles from a, that a comedian could go to. Well, it was like, it was less of a pivot. And you know how, you remember how poor you were as a comedian, right? All that stuff. And it was really funny at the time too. I, I was a, it was the dumbest. I was a model and I was with this agency called like IMG and like models are traditionally not funny. Um, like I would get lots of material because, right. you know, you'd ask them like, where are you from? And they'd say things like, yes. And you're like, nah. <laughs> I, you know what I always said to that? Like, I'm guessing Dallas. <laughs> it, was, like, it, was, it was rough. So you're like, I would always be like really alone. And all the girls would go and like bang like Mark Baker and stuff on the weekends that owns Jeez, all the clubs in yeah. the city and get like a new pair of leather pants. And, uh-huh. and I'm doing like, yeah, my You're doing stand-up. Yeah. Like, back, you know, you remember when they'd have sign-up sheets, you know, and you'd have to oh, come early and sign up. I would, I, like, listen, I was, I've only been in five years, but I mean, like Chase, I mean, even down in Houston, like there's still that old school mentality of yeah. like, you sign up on the list. I mean, now it's like kind of a little more digital. You can like sign right, up online right. and you everything wait, like that. You wait, you wait, you wait, you hope that like, okay, hopefully nobody's going to show yeah, we up. Hear, we hear the stories of the bucket rising system star. is still a thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we hear about the catch rising star where Bill Maher would be hosting on stage, smoking a butt, drinking a beer and being like, all right, um, you you're next. Yeah. 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 Like that was happening. I mean, it was like, it was totally crazy. And then it, it was, um, it was wild though, because the way that the TV world, so like, like I got an agent and I got a manager and this was after like a ton of work. Like it was really funny. Like nobody, like when you try and switch from like being a model to an actor, everyone's like, shut up. You think it's like easy. It's like, they want you to play like one part. Like if you want to be the animal and species, like right. that chick. like then it would never hear from her again. <laughs> but like, such, it's, so vivid. The animal from species. You know exactly you know what, what I'm talking, talking about. about. <laughs> The titular character, the yes, species yes. herself. Like that's the beautiful blonde one that like yes. never heard from again. So, uh, so like the you know stuff like that. But trying to get and it was wild. Like I went to theater school, and they're like, and then then I they're like, oh well, we'll come to a show if you. And no one would come to my comedy. Like none of these people, because you know they're just like fabulous. Right, like, no right, one's coming right. To We're gonna stay on Seventh Ave. Thank you, though. Oh, oh my god, they were just like horrified. We don't go downtown. Yeah. Oh my god, are there people there in pleated khakis, like <laughs> and camp shirts? Fuck, get out. I'm just like, like hiding my khakis. Yeah, right no, seriously. So it was wild. So, and I finally, I finally got like a real agent and stuff. And then uh, my first pilot season, back in the day, the way pilot season worked, the dramas booked first and then the comedies. Huh. So like you would be, you'd audition and then I'd book like three, three drama pilots. So I had one in like first, second and third position, like as the star. And then no one wants to be fourth position because you got to wait for three other things to fail first. Right. So by the time the comedies came around, like I never, ever, the only comedy pilot that I ever got to do, and it was such a bummer that I didn't get picked up 
It was um, it was Dennis Leary's show, and I was with Adam Ferrara. Okay, and Larry, Lenny Clark. Oh wow! Oh wow! And it was all improv. And Robert Klein played my dad, oh, and Debbie Harry played my mom. No, it was insane. Wow! And we made it up on the floor. We had like the structure, and then we would like kind of wing it, so we get to improv. It was the most fun I've ever had in my entire life. Did you go past pilot? No, you know what got picked up instead of it? What? Reno 911. No, really? I've never seen an episode of Reno 911 because I'm still PO'd about it. What about Tacoma FD? Tacoma FD. That's their fire department. It's the fire department show. Is it really? Oh, it's it's their Chicago fire. Yeah, the Chicago, that's all over the place. So wait, so 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 you're doing that, you get so you get picked up. All right. So go ahead. I'm sorry. So, So so I ended up so it was like my third pilot season, my fourth pilot season. And I, and I was like the George Clooney, like I'd book a bunch and like nothing would happen to him and like nothing would happen. And then I'd right. like do some guest starring spots. Like, like one of my first guest starring spots, like ever when I got out of theater school, I played a rapist on SVU. What? Yeah. <laughs> we, like everyone on all the law and orders have played someone else. Sure. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So my first job is I played, I played a rapist, but I didn't know anything. Like, I don't know if you guys have shot TV. Like, I didn't know what a Mark was. Like, I didn't know what anything was. They don't teach you that in theater school. They teach you like, from like weird stomping <laughs> techniques and stuff. You know, like, I was like, I can't believe I paid for that. <laughs> and like a lot of, I don't know if you take any acting classes where they're like, you're wearing a, you're wearing a green shirt. You know, you're wearing a green shirt. No, you're wearing a green shirt. It's called repetition. It just goes on forever. And I remember <laughs> sitting in theater school and thinking, like, people get paid for this. <laughs> I'm just thinking, Sign me up. Sign me up. I spent twenty dollars on a on a on a movie, and this is what goes on on the back. Yeah, the back basically, end of this. basically. This is what I'm paying for. The, this is what Groundlings is paying. Yes, this yeah. is exactly. So, so, um, so, like my third pilot season. The, the, I booked the world's coolest pilot. It was like Joel Silver was producing it. This is like at peak Matrix time. Ooh. We were shooting in Sydney on the make, like on the Matrix sets. Wow. The chick that made all of Trinity's. It was based on a Philip K. Dick novel. It was amazing. Yes, super. Which one? Um, I don't think I'm allowed to say. Oh, okay, actually, my bad. but I'm like, I know. I just, I've just thought of like the producer who's still on. I was like, oh, he'll probably listen to this. Coffee, <laughs> don't be mad at me. Um, it was, it was so much fun, and we had like futuristic guns and crazy cars and like. It was the most fun I've ever had. And then when I got back home and we got the, like, the initial copy of the pilot and I watched it and my manager and I just started laughing. We're like, no. they're never going to air this, man. It's, at, the time, at the time, there wasn't Lost on the air. There was, it was 2003. There's nothing right. sci There's nothing like that on the air. We're like, it's not happening. And then the chick that played the lawyer, Stephanie March on SVU, which was in its like third season, she was, or second season, she was leaving. And they asked if I wanted to go and read for the part. And so I actually read for the part. It was me, actually someone that became one of my buddies called Cody DePablo, who was on NCIS forever. And this other chick, I can't remember. And it was easily the worst audition of my life. <sighs> really? Yeah, it was the worst. It was like, where I was just like, walked. So who's in the room with that? I mean. Like Dick Wolf and all these executive people. Shit. And at the time, Dick still had that weird growth on his head, which was very hard not to look at. Oh my God. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> That's where the ideas come from. That's Henry Wolf. That's Dick Wolf. That's that's right. Right. You know, I don't, it's so funny. I never thought about what Dick Wolf looks like. So when you're telling the story, I'm just imagining executive producer Dick Wolf, <laughs> the logo sitting, right, in, sitting a in a chair. With a yeah. growth <laughs> over the D. Now with a growth. Yeah. <laughs> But like, it was so weird. Cause like, it was like the first time I met Jeff Zucker, who used to be the head of right. NBC yeah. and he had a giant head wound as well. I'm like, what the what hell? hell? And like, and, and he was very short too. And I'm very tall. And it, we had like a diaper stuck in his head. It was so big, this wound. And I'm like, what'd you do? Cut yourself shaving? And like, 
just blew I mean, right past it. He just gave me a stink eye and moved on. It was probably like a hair. But they hired you. <laughs> so they, they ended up hiring me and, and I didn't realize like, it's the funny, the things you don't, cause I was 24. You were 24. I was 24. Wow. And, and the stuff you don't like, you don't realize at the time, like, you're like, oh, I can't, like, if someone had told me then you're going to spend the next 20 years of your life talking about rape, I'd be like, oh my God, I get raped. And I'd be like, no, no, you just, you just talk about it. And everyone tells you their rape stories. And you'd be like, weird. I didn't know that was like a side effect of like being on a, a crime show that has a lot of sex crimes. So bizarre. And then you, you stop being able to do anything else. Cause you work like these 80 to hundred hour weeks and you can't wow. book like a gig anywhere because right. you're always the guy that never shows up. Sure. Yeah. Sure. What, so of all the, so you, how many seasons do you spend on it? Like five or six seasons? I spent like five or six. And then, then I went back cause they, they had a, an, they had an insurrection right. after I was gone. And yeah, I heard so of that. all, of all the episodes that you shot, which is what over a hundred probably. Yeah, for, so were there any that like still haunt you or that yes. you still think about? Ritual. Like really? It's called ritual. ritual. Yeah. Hmm. It was about these like sex trafficked children right. that like uh, rich people on the Upper East Side, uh, East side uh, <laughs> buy them and then, and then use them sexually. And I mean like little kids and oh, then, God. or, and as domestics. Right. And I again, think I remember was, that one. And it was crazy. Neil Bear, who was the executive producer at the time, I asked him like, is this real? He's like, yeah. He's like the, the three biggest things on the black market are drugs, guns, and people. And right. I was like, that's horrifying. Yeah. And so these, and in this case, the guy was trying to cover up that he had a sex life because his like wife was coming home. And so he chopped the kid up and made it look like it was like a Santeria ritual, you know, like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Blame totally, it on the, you yeah. know, the Brown people. Like, yeah. Wow. Yep. And, uh, it was, it was, uh, horrifying. And it still right. haunts you to this day. It does. It still gives yeah. me nightmares because the, I mean, the truth of the matter is that like somebody probably, I mean, again, ripped from the headlines on those kind of things. Yeah. I mean, gosh, fuck, this is a tough pivot. <laughs> <laughs> You can do it. You got this. I mean, listen though. I mean, you're, you're doing these things over there. Did you miss comedy? I yeah. mean, I would fucking no, miss like, comedy. Desperately. So I was like the goon on set that ever, like, so if you think I have a lot of energy at 45, like uh, at 24, I'm sure I was annoying as hell. Like I was like, <laughs> you're just slapping Mariska Hargitay in the face. Oh my, oh my, I used to play pranks on her all the time. Like it would be hilarious to me. So I was always like, I like, so the guy that played Captain Craig and Dan yes. Florek and I, he was hilarious really yeah and he'd always like he was like whoopee cushion hilarious like it was okay, always like yeah. you know and and we'd always have this thing so if we had like a the espresso machine and we take out espresso cakes like the used espresso and a can of coke by the way that's like the ultimate combo to make it look like diarrhea really so it's an espresso cake and a can of coke <laughs> yeah and uh Ooh, interesting we all shared like the same cast like the single cast bathroom and we'd always like put it in the toilet and then we'd wait, we'd wait for Mariska to go and go, like, 1,002, 1,003. And she's like, Chris, somebody's sick. Like she'd come running around. <laughs> or, you know, it, like it wasn't, they were more like fun kind of, you know. Sure, but sure. But it was, I always felt terrible for the, the guys that would come from NBC. I ruined one of her scenes on Rizzoli and Isles. Did you really? Yeah. I, when they were shooting it at, at Paramount in LA. Yeah. So I'm on the lot and I was going to a building, like literally across, you know, you know the Paramount yeah. Right. So when you pull in, you know, you can go all the way down that way to a building, any direction. So I parked my car and I'm walking down past the Fars Gumpa right. bench. Right. Yes. And I see two girls sitting on a bench, like uh, 300 yards in front, nothing else around, just two people sitting. And Did I'm they have like the world's longest lens from like the bushes. So I'm walking, just mind my own business, walking yeah. to my meeting. And 
I got within like 10 feet and like five dudes come <laughs> running through the bushes. <laughs> like, we're shooting, we're shooting. Like, like, fucking, like I literally tried to mug them and I'm like, how about putting a fucking PA yeah. down yeah. there? And like, well, we didn't think anyone was going to be here. I'm like, it's an open fucking lot. Right. Like office buildings People everywhere. And Speaking of that, Diane, I mean, like you guys hilarious. shoot it's, it was in awesome. New York City. Yeah. I mean, you guys, I mean, I, sometimes I see permits, but sometimes I heard you guys kind of just did it willy nilly. Yeah. No, I was never in charge of the permits. But what, did you ever have those situations where like you have fandoms? I mean, listen, I fanboyed out because actually in front, because obviously a lot of Law and Order oh. is shot up here in the Upper West Side because the yeah. Brownstone look. Mariska Hargate, Kate, was that that trailer was right in front of our oh, yeah. club. And I was just like, ah! <laughs> oh my God. It, it was crazy. So that first episode where I played a rapist, right? And right. we had no idea what I was doing. I was supposed to walk out of, like, I don't know why they picked like a building to shoot, like an exterior on like Fifth Avenue and 57th at like rush wow. hour. And so I'm supposed to walk out of this building, walk like 30 feet to like, like Ice and, and Belzer, right? So Munch and Finn. Sorry. Wow, that took a second. Um, Munch and Finn. <laughs> I was supposed to walk out and, and say something to them. And I come out of the building and before I can make it, and I'm talking like 20, 30 takes in a row. Everyone's like, yo, I, so I, so cut. And I'm just getting progressively more nervous where I'm like, everything's dry. Oh, like, no. Yeah, it was, oh, it was like, so when I finally like made it out and nobody was screaming, I was like, and like not a line came out. Can I, can I tell you the funniest, the funniest thing Please. that happened that episode? So like, so that episode, when I got finished with my like guest starring arc, right? When they were done, they're like, that's a, that's an episode wrap on Diane and everyone starts clapping and I get home and I tell what would end up being my husband and then husband. I was like, wow, it was amazing. And everyone was like clapping for me and everything. First episode where I'm actually the lawyer, right? The end of the episode, the guest star, they're like, that's a wrap on like, whatever, Betty Buckley, whoever it was. And then everyone starts clapping and I'm like, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, idiot. It's for everybody. <laughs> I just so thought I'd be like, yes, no. Oh, no. here comes that Emmy. <laughs> is, is there anyone you still keep in touch with from the show? Yeah. Like almost everybody. Oh, that's yeah, cool. Yeah. So it's just like, I mean, it was, it was like, it was like my college, you know what I yeah, mean? It right. It's just those years. And, um, so did they know about your stand up comedy? I'm not know about, but like what it, like when you're doing it, are you talking about doing stand up comedy or like yeah, now like, that you're uh, yeah. back, like, are these people going to come out and see you doing yeah, shows? They're totally good. Like, and it was really funny. We were joking today when my buddies and I were laughing, we're like, how do we get them on like my new podcast? And like, how do we get them like to the comedy shows? I'm like, <laughs> right. Oh, I have to ask them publicly on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> the shame. Yeah. You just shame them into shame it. Shame them. Yeah. I mean, so, so you, you, you leave NBC, you leave law and order yeah. and you move on to, Another show with guns. Another acronym, yeah. Yeah, another acronym. <laughs> We're moving on to NCIS with yeah. uh, Jethro. It's body bag weeks. <laughs> Who's got more Was body bags? <laughs> That's a tough one, man. That's a tough one. It's a, it's a body bag competition. How do you, uh, you, what was the transition like? What made you want to leave or did you leave on your own accord? What was, what no, happened? No, so I actually got, I got, I got fired from SVU. What? Yeah. Um, and it was, I, 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 they just, you know, they, they like to replace people with newer and younger versions. And so that was uh which is fine. They're like, that's, that's their show. Did they kill you off? No, they didn't they kill did. me off. 
Didn't and they blow someone up? They blew up Stephanie March. But then yeah, she Stephanie came back. March. She came back. She was in witness protection. That's right. Uh, yeah. yeah. Do you think I have was, a funny Stephanie March story? You talked about the growth. You think, the <laughs> you think that was like, he's like yeah, was that I'm it? Get her when you she's know what? comfortable. It didn't help. <laughs> uh, I've never been good at any of that stuff. I've never been good at uh, kissing high and ear or anything like that. Sure. And, um, or sleeping with people for jobs. Good. You know? No, that's not because that's not what we should be doing it's, in this. No, business. it's really not. It's not my vibe. I do pay for it quite often. Often. But uh, <laughs> when we're off air, I'll tell you exactly why I got that. Yes. Uh, but it was it was a bummer. And then they went through like 13 DAs. And it was hilarious too, because like none of the crew, because I love the crew, right? Like, like that's my favorite thing about working. Sure. Like that and being able to raise money for charity. Like those are the best things about being on TV. But the crew is amazing. Like I stand in for myself. Like I have fun. Like I, I know everybody's name. I know their kids. I, I just love it. Right. And so like they were really protective of me. And they were really PO'd when I was gone. Huh. So it was like the, one of the first DAs they had in was Sharon Stone. Yeah. And it was so funny. I get this call from like the grips. I'm like, you're never going to believe this. She's putting her pear mark all over your chair. We're <laughs> 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 stealing your chair, D. We're bringing it to you. <laughs> <laughs> I love how the grup, grips in yeah, the like, and, and the, seriously they showed up in like one of the squ- like fake squad cars with yeah. like this like my prosecutor's chair strapped to the roof. Oh, like, love you guys <laughs> love you guys man but so they went through like 13 and then they asked me to come back and I was like sure and then like so you move on to that but then you, you're st- you were in te- television for a little bit and then you left and you started to run for Congress. Oh, yeah, that was, so yeah, so that like. Yes, give me, give me, give me a little bit of like the timeline that's going on. Yeah, here because, so, so our, like. Because we met a couple of weeks ago only. Right, so SVU, like from the first time to the last time was 2001 to 2013. And then at NCIS was 2009 to 2015. Then I was on another show called The Following, the last season. I was oh, also on another wow. show called yeah, Power, yeah. the first season. Okay. And then another show called Suits in there. Oh yeah, the, the the woman got is like a royalty now, isn't yes, she? Yes, she is yeah. Megan is Megan is royalty. Now. <laughs> so can I before we get into that part, yeah. I'm just curious. So when you go from such, you know, a show like SVU to yeah. NCIS, which are in, you know, in a similar vein. <laughs> yes. What like More is that is that weird? Like what do fans like do fans always just look at you as SVU? Like where does that sort of sit? Because that's an interesting transition to go from one show on one network to a similar show on another network. Well, it's a, well, the good part. It was like a totally different character, right? So it was right. like it was like nine cops and one lawyer on SVU, yep. right? So I'm the lawyer, and then and then on NCIS, I just played literally played the lady Mark Harmon, right? So it's a very different part. Like sure. I had almost mm. no words. Like I just squinted and went up on my toes, and, like, <laughs> <laughs> and like, we, we would exchange like sparkle eye. I'd be like sparkle eye, he'd be like sparkle eye. I'm like sparkle eye, and he's like sparkle eye. Like, Who's like insane? And and then, and then the fun thing about NCIS, he's a daddy that I would totally get with. By the way, right? yeah, he, cra- so he doesn't. Like, he doesn't every age. One of my no, and one of my best friends was on the show. This dude named Michael Weatherly, uh-huh. who is like we are the same human being. Like, there's if you had to pick one person to like act with for the rest of your life, so it didn't matter like what we were shooting. We were out of con. Troll. We were such menaces. I don't even know how much stuff we ruined. And then one of my other best friends was also on the show. Her name was Cody DePablo, who ended up was in the audition with me, who didn't get the SVU job. Right. Wow. Ended up on NCIS for, you know, a decade. And so I mean, we were just, I mean, when I say menaces, like because and also too, the, the subject matter of SVU is incredibly serious. Sure. You have to take it serious because you're representing 
all these people, like we would go to rape crisis counseling, all that kind of stuff, because everyone really does tell you their rape story. Right. And then on NCIS, it was like, look, we found a body. Ha ha. <laughs> you know, like it was, it was such a different, it was, the show wasn't taking itself seriously. Right. Like SVU took sure. itself seriously because it had to. Yep. So we get away with all kinds of stuff, you know, right. and we just make up lines on the spot and just like, oh, that sounds things. fun. And, oh, it was the most fun, like double badge, double guns, you know, <laughs> just kicking things. And then it was really fun too. Cause like, it's hard to stop stuff like that. Cause I would, I would be like, wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. You want me to jump out of the chopper onto this boat, then onto that jet ski, then onto another boat. Then you want me to pistol whip that guy. And I'm like, and I'm getting paid. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's if so I, right. It was cool. like amazing. Like there was like, my, one of my favorite, you get to play cops and robbers. Right. Like, right. So like, like Kevin Bacon, I were doing the following. Like it was so yeah. funny. I was, I was like an FBI agent. I was really, I was really a serial killer. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, was, it was hilarious. But spoiler thinks, alert on that guy. Yeah, spoiler alert. <laughs> he he thinks I'm his partner, right? And I get shot in the chest, and like we're literally just sitting there. We're like, I'm laying on the ground. This is a day at work. I'm doing nothing but laying on the ground. We're eating egg salad sandwiches. He's squatting above me. We're like, this is the fucking life. Like, <laughs> this is like, how are we getting paid? And and it's like because you would do it for free, right? If you're I, sure. I definitely. It's fun. I, you know, I want to ask you about like guns on set, right? Oh, Cause yeah, that was yeah, obviously a big yeah. deal in the yeah. last few months. What, like, what do you think of that? Like, cause obviously us who have no idea about any of that stuff. Right. right? And then something like that happens and you, all these sides of the stories come out. Like where, where does that actually sit when you're actually using real fake guns every single day? It is a, it's a, it's a really weird thing. And honestly, it kind of goes along, which I hate to say it, but a very like blue red divide, even like States. Right. So like if you're shooting here in New York, like nobody has a real gun. No one's using blanks. No one's using anything like that. Like, because there's no need and all, sure. all the gunshots and stuff get put in by CGI yep. anymore. It's like, there's absolutely no need to have any kind of real gun. And I think they're, I think they're actually illegal. So you don't, and it also saves a lot of time on set. So they look perfect. You know, you can see in the hole and stuff, but, but you don't have to go through these elaborate checks and all this other kind of stuff. When, um, so NCIS sent me, they had a new show called NCIS New Orleans. So they sent me to New Orleans. That was insane. Uh. Wow. <laughs> that was, well, first of all, is that Chris O'Donnell in that? One? No, that's no. NCIS LA. Damn it, he's I know. So cute. He, was like a, he was a crush of mine, yeah. by the way, growing up. Really? Just, I was more of like an LL guy, but yeah. Mm. I, yeah. Twinks, like, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I understand it. I understand Look it. Look at Chad. like, I was like, all right. I get it. Like, smooth. But Everybody's was, got their thing. But the, first, the first day I got handed my guns on set, they were real. Wow. And Jesus. we had to do this whole elaborate, like you and everyone that's in the scene, come here, everyone watch. These guns are, you don't need to do the whole, and I'm like, and again, why? Like, right. why? Sure. There's no, there's absolutely no reason. They make these beautiful, super heavy Yep. They look super real. Lots of, they have the actions. You can pull triggers yeah, and stuff yeah. and nothing happens because there's no mechanism. And so why are we using that? Yeah, I, it's, it's, it is. I, I'm very, really interested because I was, I was at a, uh, in Atlanta on a Marvel set. Ooh. Right. And you know, I was in the armory. Yes. Right. And yes. it's nothing but weird guns, you know, obviously for superhero movies, but then normal looking guns right. and you pick these things up and you're like, wow, that is real. Yeah. And they do nothing but look real. Yeah. You can snap right. it, but nothing, nothing else. So I'm like, why in the flying hell why? would any one use real guns. Well, here's the thing though, not to defend fire. it though, but it was a period piece from that mistaken that they were shooting. So, I mean, the cowboy maybe, movie. Yeah, but yeah, you know what? Maybe. So what? Oh, Courant guns that actually shoot are period too. They're now. So yeah, like, it's true. So That's they're fair. like they're now, sorry, John, but they, no, I get it. They're now. So even in the 1800s, you could have like a revolver action one that doesn't actually do anything. And, and, uh, cause I love, I, 
Do you know guns? Because it sounds like I you do. do. I do. I'm, I'm a big yeah. fan. I, sure. Oh, that sounds crazy. I'm no, I'm fan listen, of I, I, I own two <laughs> weapons myself. Um, uh, they're they're for personal uh, use and at the home, just for personal protection. And personal use. Personal use. <laughs> I know that sounded really weird. Shoot me in the chest. Shoot me in the chest. I'm putting on. I'm putting on a bulletproof vest. Like, by the way, he's not talking about guns that shoot bullets. Just <laughs> saying. This is how he feels alive. <laughs> Keeps the blood flowing. Own version of flatline. If I can just align a blow and fucking shots of whiskey and fucking And then, yeah, you put a bulletproof vest on and yeah. I just shoot you right now. Jefferson Mass. But yeah. it's like, I completely, I mean, I, I don't understand it as well because I'm a big firm believer that if you are able to have technology on your phone that needs your ID and, and a thumbprint, I think we should have that also right. on weapons as well. It's, 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 it's interesting that, the, that, that this has come into light because there's a lot of things that have been not safe on. There's nothing safe on, on, on most sets. On, on yeah. most sets. That's, that's yeah. what's coming up because even with the COVID crisis, there's a lot of unions and especially, you know, we talked about the grips. We talked about the PAs that aren't being taken care of, that they didn't have, you know, protective equipment. This is the part of the interview where Diane tells us about the TV show she was once fired from. In the podcast business, these types of stories are especially dangerous. And we are the dedicated hosts who investigate the stories as we are members of an elite squad known as Somewhat Damaged. Upon Diane's death, we have been given permission to publish the censored material. Until then, this is her story. That was awesome. Um, John just like nodded a little bit. And just like, no, oh. I, I hit my I hit my nose and I was like, oh god, <laughs> horrible. Uh, I fell asleep during the no, answer. I did not. No, I was listening intently. Stop. I'm cute, cute in the manong baby. Oh, god. <laughs> See, she's she's talking Filipino. If you guys don't know, this is Tagalog. She's speaking to me. It sounds like the Like it's like the it's like the most fun language. It's ever. so weird coming out of your mouth. It is though. Weird. Do you understand that? It's Diane? weird. It's weird. But I never get to practice anymore. So I'm always Always like asking people, I'm like you speak the Gala. Like, Nobody does. Yeah. That's uh, so I know the call. stupid stuff. Yes. Mabaho killer killer mo. Right? <laughs> <laughs> So did you take a break after that? Yeah. So, and then I was in like, I was ridiculous. And then I was like in a car accident that broke my, fractured my spine in like six places. So it was like brutal. So I had a place like upstate. So I just went off to the woods to do like physical therapy and just like stop and like do masonry, you know? Masonry? Yeah. Masonry? What is masonry? Making shit out of rocks. Rocks. Oh shit. I'm a really good mason, man. I'm going to show you some of my work. It's going to blow your mind. Uh, Oh yeah. All right. So, um. It was pretty good. Yeah, what time is it? Do we have to... No, no, no. I we're just, all doing no, comedy no, we're, we're tonight. We're all, we're um, all are we all doing comedy tonight? I'm not doing comedy at all. I'm not doing comedy either. Yeah. I don't oh. do comedy. All right, Jason, are we we'll doing We'll do some comedy. Yeah, yeah, you're doing That guy over there. Oh, he left. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the dark corner is silent. He's gone. Uh, He's had yeah, enough. Go, go ahead. I'm sorry. He's, I want to know about the... Con- I want to know about Congress. I want to... like. Oh, you want to know about Congress. I just want to know how you decide. I've been through all this shit. It's a terrible experience. Blah, 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 blah. I'm going to make it all better by running for fucking Congress. I grew up in like Littleton, Colorado, like normal, like normal people. Right. So like even this whole time you're in this like elevated world. And like, I have to tell you like the best lesson of SVU so good being there so young because all these people were there who had won Oscars and Emmys like 10 years previously who were, were begging to play what they call top of show for like play a rapist for like a couple grand. Yeah. And it was such a lesson, like, don't take any of it seriously. It comes and goes. Don't, don't, I always call it, don't get excited about yourself. Like, just don't get excited about yourself. Yeah. Like, don't take it too seriously. So it was a really good lesson that way. But then, um, and I grew up into like my parents, you know, they, they retired and they were on fixed income because they'd been government employees and dealing with all that kind of stuff. And 
the way your insurance, your health insurance works when you're an actor, it's how much you make and residuals don't count towards it. Uh, most of them. Hmm. So all of a sudden I stopped working cause then my back's broken and, you know, dealing with all this stuff. And, uh, I lose my health insurance and like, luckily enough, I can play, pay for Cobra and all that good stuff. And I'm living upstate and I love everyone. I like, I know everyone at my home Depot, at my Stuart's on the corner. I love everyone there. And nobody had any opportunities. There were no resources. There's absolutely like no information and infrastructure. Like you couldn't get internet. You couldn't get anything. Like it was, it was mind blowing. Yeah. It was, it was in Appalachia up there. Yeah. For real. Like for real. Like I don't know how kids did their homework. You couldn't start a business. You couldn't work remotely. That's why I think that people don't understand the whole infrastructure bills when they're saying we're going to bring high speed internet access to places. I don't think the common person that lives certainly around here in the city has any idea. No, because we've got so many choices. Right. right? When you go out to certain places, you just can't get it. No. And you you have no cell service. So you can't even do that. Like there's no way to do anything. And and so I started going to um, school in like 2009 just for fun on the side. Because again, it's for like, fun, you went back to school. I did. <laughs> I love school. I left school for fun. <laughs> Just saying. That's how most do it. You're yeah. right. You were, you were right to do that. You were right to do that. I can't believe I have like a paper due tomorrow too. I don't know what I'm, I like, You're going to go hang out at the Max later? What's going on over here? Dude, I totally am. Like, I've got so many like, like, sci- like papers to read tonight. I'm you like, and uh. AC Slater hanging out. And you can play guitar. This is what? insane. What? And, I'm, and you know what? I'm single. What is this? What? Whoa, I'm on. I don't even understand. So, um, I, wish I, had a sa- I wish I had a sound effect ready for that one. <laughs> we'll put it in in post. So it, it was really crazy. So I was looking, I was looking around and I'd started thinking about it before Trump ran because we had a Republican incumbent who was, uh, which would be fine if he was like, effect, like effective in any sure, sort of sure. way, but it wasn't, he'd been a lawyer for an oil firm and a lobbyist. Right. Mm-hmm. So he, he was not awesome. Sure. And, um, especially because up there, yeah, everyone's worried about fracking. It's kind of the one thing everyone can get behind right? is like the environment because yeah. it doesn't matter if you're a hunter and you like to shoot or if you care, if you grow organic beets, you know, <laughs> you care about the environment. Absolutely. And um, it's a huge district. It's New York 19. It, it's, it's um, larger than the state of New Jersey. <laughs> and it was already hemorrhaging people. Like we were already like a normal congressional district has about like 800,000 people. And we were already down to like 600,000. So what were they like when you say Henry and Jean, like they're leaving, like what does yeah. that mean? Yeah. Hemorrhaging? They're, just, they're bleeding from the neck. They're, yeah. They're just bleeding. They're, they're leaving. Like everyone is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone is just leaving. Like because, they're moving somewhere because else. There are no opportunities. And like, and it was really, it was really interesting. So I lived outside of Woodstock, like in the middle of yeah. nowhere. Yeah. And, um, it was either really rich people that had second and third homes up there, or it was really poor people who were like multi-generational who had inherited land and had like double, double wide trailers on the yep. land and couldn't pay their property tax. And like, never the twain would meet, like nobody interacted. Yeah. Like, 100%. yeah and it was, and it was sad and, and everyone had like disparate views. So like everyone from the city was like, we hate guns, but you know, all the people that were up there, I try and explain to like the people from the city, I'm like, look, some of these people are so poor they're supplementing their protein. Yeah. Like this is how they get their food for the winter. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, and also if you've ever seen starving animals, it's one of the saddest things in the world. They're culling the population. Like sure. it'd be much better for them to be killed this way. Right. Like, so totally. And then I explained to the upstate people. So I was doing this all the time. Anyway, I'm like, look, dudes from the city, nothing good has happened with a gun. It's like a police shooting. It's a rape. It's a mugging. It's a murder. So nobody wants a gun in the city, but like you guys have to understand each other. You're both right. Yeah. You're both right. And, um, and so when Trump won, I was like, it was almost like having Hillary not win. And I'm not a huge Hillary fan, sure, but like having her not win. And like, as a woman, 
it was like getting punched in the sternum. Yeah. It was like the first little bit that I understood what it would be like to be of color in America, like to be less than, do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like you're less than, and it wrecked my head. And then it was a swing district. So this fight was starting on a national level, which meant nothing was ever going to get done locally. And so, you know, I'm, I'm a liberal and we're always talking about like, Oh, put country before party, put country before party. So I was like, hell, I can't ask everyone else to do that unless I do the same thing. So I'm going to put country before party. And I dropped the D and I ran as like no party affiliation. And that almost destroyed my life. <laughs> what? <laughs> do you think you would have had a better chance as running on a ticket? Yes. I would never suggest to anyone to run as an independent. It was like a confluence of, of different things. So like the largest voting block in that particular district happened to be 40% um, unaffiliated voters. Right. So we had 30% Republic, 30% Democrat, and then and 40% unaffiliated. So they were really independent, which was sure. nice. And then um, because of like the TV, like it was, it was the things that like just what I was doing and where I was, was kind of the only reason, but I wouldn't recommend it to anyone. Yeah. And, and then immediately the parties started raining down hell, hellfire on me. Like I was sued by the DCCC and the RNC. Like Mark Elias took my ass to court. Holy so did, shit. So Why? did Bob Harding from the right. I mean, like I got... It was, I got death threats. I would be spit on everywhere I went. But why? I, why would they sue, sue you for what? To, to keep me off the ballot. Oh, to keep you yeah. off the ballot. I wasn't officially on the ballot until October. Oh. It was nuts, which meant that I had to miss lots of debates. Right. So they were both stuff. worried that you were going to pull voters off right. of them. And, and it was it was absolutely asinine. And the, the interesting thing is the the Dems, so there were seven Democratic in the, not the candidates in the primary. Right. And I went to go see all of them before I decided to run to see like, if, could I just put my weight behind any of these guys? Like, you know, lend them mm -hmm. a hand. I don't need the attention. I don't care sure. about that. I just want to help these people. And, um, it was unbelievable. It was like the, it was like a, it sounds mean. It was like the most, nar it was like a narcissist parade. Oh, of course, totally. I, I, of yeah. course yeah. it is. Well, I, I'm such an idiot, right? Like I thought I could actually, and I thought other people were interested in public service. Like, no, like they were more narcissistic and insane and sociopathic than like anyone I'd ever met in Hollywood. Well, most people that are in public service are not interested in public service. It's true. They just aren't. No. Like, and if you run, like I run, I told you before. And once you start digging, you, that's exactly what yes. you find out. You're like, oh, these people are all full of shit. And it's so disconcerting, isn't yeah. it? It's just like really disheartening as well. One of my favorite quotes is like at the end, the RNC and DTRS would be calling like every couple of days to threaten me, you know, like get off the ballot. We're going to come, you know, do whatever. And I'm yeah. like, knock yourself out. Um, <laughs> Like you, he got the wrong girl. And it was funny. Like people would try and buy me off. It was, right. yeah. well, she already, it's amazing. That, yeah. It's amazing. The empty threats that both, both, both sides will actually do on yeah. that because like the, there's, there's not much on legal precedent that they could probably go after. Well, if I'd known what I know now, I would have taken like the bribes of millions to go. <laughs> and, and they're not still, bribes. They're con they're right, campaign they contributions. Were, they were, and, and I would have still yeah. run because what are they going to do? Go right. like, Oh yeah. She, she took our bribe. She was supposed to get out. I was like, idiot. Neil, what did you think of that? Like, I but it was, um, it was, it was crazy. So the, the, when people would yell and scream at me because people are so factionalized and the labels that people are so into, when you get rid of the label, it was amazing because people would actually have to listen to what you have to say. And then, and then, which was great because they could agree or disagree and we could have like dialogue about all this stuff, which was incredible. Like some, honestly, some of the, and where we get running out of time, some of the highlights of my life were all right. So like, the, like the, one of the 
the best moments of my life on this planet. And it, well, it's nothing fancy. It was like going to the Emmys or anything. There was a debate in Sullivan County, which is way on the Delaware River. Yeah. And it is full agricultural. And people drove their tractors to this beautiful old theater that was there. And I pulled up and it was just the Republican candidate, the Democratic candidate. And by the way, so this is the problem. The Dems, you know who they picked? Another lawyer, lobbyist for an oil firm <laughs> who was a carpetbagger. And in a district that was 19, like, I think it was 98.2% white. He was a black rapper. On oh, top of it. And I was God. like, who? And, and by the way, I was like, why don't you guys pick the gay farmer? You know, like, like who's been here for three generations. Like, why did you back the one guy who can't win? Cause I was like, cause I would have gotten out of the race if it had been anyone that could win. So right. I'm like, now I got to stay in the damn race. Like, this is insane. But so I, I get to this, this debate in Sullivan County and there are probably, I don't know, a few hundred, maybe almost maybe a thousand people. The whole place was jam packed. And we get these like answers. You get two minutes to answer. And so they're like, oh, the Republican candidate answer, you know, about welfare. And then, you know, Democrat candidate pat answer about welfare. And they're like, Diane, I'm like, all right, I'm going to tell you guys the truth. Here's, here's how it works. There's actually no such thing as welfare. It's a series of different programs, WIC, SNAP, you name the different programs. And I'm like, and the largest beneficiary of those programs are low socioeconomic whites. That's everyone in this audience. That's me and my family up here. It's probably a good idea not to, to vote against yourself. And I'm like, and when you're pissed off about people in the city getting social programs, I want you to think of the subsidies you get for agriculture. It's the same thing. You can't make it unless that happens. They can't make it unless this happens. So everyone's in the same boat socioeconomically. And it's time that we work together low, low socioeconomically to like reach the higher plane because that's really, it's the, it's the, yeah. The math and logic though has proven time and time again that doesn't work with voters. I mean, we saw it with Yang. Yeah. It didn't work with me. <laughs> it didn't work with you <laughs> at all. It's I mean, education. Case. It's education. It is that 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 actually matters right. because that's how people understand what is right. going on. Well, and if you're not educated, that's that's. Well, it was crazy. The, well, so after that debate, I stayed for four hours answering. I'm sorry, I stayed for four hours answering questions from the people that were there because right. they wanted to know. They're like, "How do you know this?" This is, and I'm like, "Well, this is what the CBO is." I mean, I just sure. described, and I was like, "Because they knew I had no agenda," and I'm like, "I want you guys to succeed." You know, that's this is all it's about. Go find out your own information. Go to the context. You know, we all want the same thing. We just have different ideas about how to get there. We all want what, like safety, opportunity, that's comedy, much, yeah, <laughs> comedy. Yeah. So sorry to get serious on there. But no, no, so, no, but I think you had a way of breaking it down to them where they understood. Like you just said some stuff that I didn't understand. I was like, wow, that, that makes sense to me. And it was like the most, the most beautiful moments of my life, like getting to like talk to people and, and like, like commune with them and explain stuff that no one had ever taken five seconds to just say, this is what it is. Now make the decision for yourself. Yeah. So would you, are you going to run again? Absolutely not. <laughs> I say the same thing every couple of years. Then right. I went and again, dragged it. back do it. How many are you on now? Uh, four. <laughs> uh, if I do it again, it'll be my fifth. Very. Wow. That's intense. It's ridiculous. Okay. Okay. I, I just, I did just turn down. What? Uh-huh. Everyone's doing like baseball hand gestures. I'm just letting everyone know what's happening at home. There's like a whole lot of slapping <laughs> knees. And I'm like, yeah, Chase has a question. Oh yeah. Were you recently? <laughs> <laughs> I'm was so I, bad. Was I recently asked to run for yes. office? Yes, on Super Bowl Sunday. So, like, just like, like what was that yesterday? No, that two, two days, days ago. Yeah. Two days ago. Oh, you lost today. <laughs> <laughs> I did a dispensary show. Long story, but what happened? <laughs> um, it was really fascinating. So, a, a candidate for a position. It was a statewide race. Asked me if I wanted to basically be their running mate, and. uh 
I really had to think about it for a couple of days. Yeah, I really had to think about Wait, it. Are you running for DA? I, <laughs> are you actually running? Oh for my DA? gosh, you made me laugh so hard. Um, I, I finally, it's like my my life is finally getting out of like the crazy hole of like disappearing into like Congress and and you know obviously exploding my life and again would not have happened to a man which sure. I hate to say that because I used to think there was no difference between men and women and then when you happens to you, you're like oh wow oh. but yeah so I I'm sticking to comedy and I'm I'm just gonna because all this would end this would end as if like this person's going to announce in the imminent future uh-huh. and as of that day that would be it until November uh, everything gone podcast well, gone comedy gone work gone I'm kind of happy that you said no to this thank you, thank you. Uh, because we're so excited because you've got so many different projects coming up here I mean you shot a great uh, special with us I just can't recently. wait for this to come out so can you tell us a little bit about that before we go off uh, I can so it's it's uh, it's really fun coming back I wanted to come back and not do like these little like I know that's terrible like the small like I used to do when I was a kid you know the three minutes and the five minutes sure. mm-hmm. I'm like I want to write a story and I want this story to be great. And I want it to be like three acts and three acts. And, um, so we, we shot the first third here on Thursday night, which was nice. incredible. Like those were two of the most fun shows. Uh, By the Chase way, was your host. Chase, he looked so Chase, much fun. You guys are great. Oh my gosh. Chase was unbelievable. Unbelievable. Like you don't even know Sunday at church. The amount of people who are like that Chase was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> like, everyone, there was no Sunday school class. Everyone was just talking about Chase. I love Chase. Like, Do you remember when he jumped up on? I was like, I know it was so good. <laughs> and he looked so, I saw the pictures oh. with the, okay. So this is what Chase and I need to do. We want to have like a, this this is like what I, I'm like, Jason's like, don't include me. I'm including you. Um, <laughs> we need to have like a homecoming dance comedy show where everyone gets to dress up in like crappy black tie Ooh, or I'm like in. a prom prom picture style prom night. Wouldn't that be amazing? That would be you very wear the tux with the Jordans. I'll wear like a shiny gown. What I've you had wearing? this dream forever. I'm wearing yes. a gown. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. I never went to prom. I went with some friends, but I'm down. That's good. <laughs> oh, that's better than I'm like, I didn't even have the friends. I didn't Chase. go to prom either. <gasps> He Never did. went. I went to the Jersey Shore instead. Nerds. <laughs> That's an understatement. Who listened? So, Diane, so you've got a special coming out that, that thank you so much for, for choosing us. But you also have a podcast that's being uh, that, that that you're that you're developing. It's as true. Well. It's it's uh, it's not as funny as yours. <laughs> no, it's it's uh, it's called hearsay. It is actually a comedy, and it's it's kind of just in the format of like talk interviews, funny bits, all that kind of stuff. Amazing, amazing. And then also a you book. Guys are, you're all going to come and be on it, right? Oh, I'm definitely yeah, on there. I'm definitely am I, there. Am I writing yeah. a book? That's news to me. I mean, I don't know because I'll be honest. What I'm like, we just like heard, ladies and gentlemen, stories. we've been on this. Yeah, we've been on here for about sixty minutes now, and we've only scratched the surface. It's been a Diane. long forty-five years, man. I mean, <laughs> you need to write a book. I mean, you have a couple of Bowfinger movies inside you already. <laughs> I just, I always wanted to be part of Minehead. And like, every, literally every time it rains, I'm like, rain. <laughs> Greatest movie of all time. Right. Greg, anything final? I have one? no, I mean, so yes. I, I wanna, I, but so I sorry, mean, I said Bowfinger. I meant the, I meant the movie with Warren Beatty, Beatty where he ran for office. Bullworth. Oh yeah. That's Bullworth. what I meant, but I love Bullworth. I, I'm thinking Eddie That's Murphy. I'm doing my Bullworth. Eddie Murphy impression. Of like, uh, yeah, oh, I, got, I, got, I love Bullworth. I actually was thinking Wag the Dog, but whatever. Oh, that's a good Wag the Dog. That's a good one as well. That's a mammoth one. It's a good movie. One of my favorites. Chase, any final final questions? Thank you so much. That was amazing. I don't have any more questions. you guys hear my voice get like froggy? I'm holding in a burp from my coke. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Diane, uh, we uh, we love having you. We'd love to have a part two on this. Oh, totally. Yeah, love sure. And will you guys come and be on my podcast? Definitely, yes. definitely. Where can everybody find you on social media, Diane? Uh, it's really easy. Like, thank goodness I don't even have a middle name. So my, my whole real name is just Diane Neal. Although two very simple names that can both be spelled a bazillion different ways. So it's D-I-A-N-E-N-E-A-L. 
and Twitter and Instagram and everything else is just at Diane Neal. Guys, uh, Diane, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you thank for you like being much. a part of this, this podcast. Awesome. Thank yeah. you for being part of my, you know, me growing up and when I was in college and watching you. Awesome. And, and it's awesome to fucking be your friend because so your fun. friend was my dog. Oh my as god, well. Leo, we have so we have so much fun. We have so much fun ahead of us. We have so much fun. Ahead. We really it, do. It, it pays me a little bit that you say part of part of me growing up because I'm obviously older than you. We're around the same age. Yeah. No, but it's growing up. I, were, mean, I was in my twenties. And I was in like I mean that, those are formidable years. And yeah, no, of course. Yeah. I'm just so saying that. Were, that's why. Yeah, and I, you were you were you were you were making them in your 20s, pretty it's not much. The weirdest, yeah. yeah, yeah. But guys, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. We're gonna have a part two, Greg. Thank you so much thank for you. fucking. It's amazing. Yeah, Where can everybody yeah, find yeah, us yeah. on social media? I don't even. The know. easiest place: www.somewhat-damaged.com. Awesome. Takes you to everything. Chase, where can everybody find you on social media? Uh, at Chase DeRusso, or just go to Somewhat Damaged, uh, and then you'll find me on there because my name is so hard to spell. Guys, thank <laughs> you. So come much. to mine, and I'll talk. <laughs> or go to Diane <laughs> Neal. I'll lead you to Chase. Yes, yes. Guys, we'll see you next time on the podcast. Woohoo!